Please stand as you're able and join me responsibly in the call to worship. And follow along your bulletin or on the screen. Bless the Lord, my soul. With all my being, I bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He pardons me in my wrongdoing and heals all my ills. He rescues me from death's pit and crowns me with love and compassion. Bless the Lord, my soul. With all my being, I bless his holy name. Please remain standing and we'll sing our opening hymn. Be found in your hymnal on page 198 or on the screen. My soul gives glory to my God. Verses 1, 3, and 5. First scripture reading will be from the Kamushin Bible, the uh, book of Psalms 103, verses 1 to 14. Follow along in your Pew Bible on 430 or on the screen. Let my whole being bless the Lord. Let everything inside me bless his holy name. Let my whole being bless the Lord and never forget all his good deeds, how God forgives all your sins and heals all your sickness saves your life from the pit and crowns you with faithful love and compassion and satisfies you with plenty of good things so that your youth is made fresh like an eagle's. The Lord works righteousness, does justice for all who are oppressed. God made his way known to Moses and made his deeds known to the Israelites. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, very patient and full of faithful love. God won't always play the judge, and he won't always be angry forever. He doesn't deal with us according to our sin or repay us according to our wrongdoing. Because as high as heaven is above the earth, that's how large God's faithful love is for those who honor him. As far as east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our sin from us. Like a parent feels compassion for their children, that's how the Lord feels compassion for those who honor him. Because God knows how we're made, and God remembers just we're just. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now let's sing our hymn of grace. We found your hymn on page 400 or on the screen. Come, thou font of every blessings, verses 1 and 3. Thank you. 
back. <laughs> We're so grateful to have Scott back with us today, too, and I know he appreciates all the prayers that you've uh, prayed over him, and we will continue to lift you in our prayers as well, but thank you. And for Roy and the choir and the ways that you pitched in as well, thank you so much. At this time, I'd like to invite Sarah Gracie forward and Pastor Ruth. We have the privilege and opportunity this morning to welcome Sarah into membership in our church. Sarah's been worshiping with us, well, all through the summer. In fact, we put her to work right away. She helped with Vacation Bible School, and you maybe have seen her back at the tech desk as well, helping with our um, audio-visual. So, you know, that's how it goes. You say, I think I want to come to church here, and we say, we've got some work for you to do. So, <laughs> so Sarah, we're grateful to um, share this opportunity with you today and to recognize your transfer of membership to Ada First United Methodist. So I'd like to invite us all to follow along on the screens as we share together in the baptismal liturgy in recognizing Sarah's membership. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Marie Gracie, to this congregation from New Car Carlisle, First UMC. Sarah, on behalf of the whole church, I ask, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? Sarah, according to the grace given to you, will you remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representative in the world? And now to you as the church. Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this person now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround each person with a community of love that she may grow in her trust of God and be found faithful in her service to others. We will pray for her, that she may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life Sarah Marie Gracie, remember your baptism and be thankful. Sarah, as a member of Christ's Universal Church, I ask, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? As a member of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, 
your service, and your witness. Members of the household of God, I commend Sarah to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase her faith, confirm her hope, and perfect her in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Sarah, the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory, establish you and strengthen you, that you may live in grace and in peace. Amen. Now let us welcome our newest member, Sarah Gracie. Pastor Ruth. Now at this time I'd like to invite our children forward as Miss Amanda shares our children's message this morning. two pieces of paper for our experiment, okay? Lily's starting to hand them out. Everybody needs two. Ada, can you help me hand out to this side? Two pieces of paper. We're going to do a little experiment because you know how I like experiments, right? And when you get your two pieces of paper, what I want you to do is take both of them and crumple them into balls. Get them into nice balls so that you have two balls of paper that you're ready to just throw at everybody. It's going to get a little wild in here, people. Everybody, crumple up your paper into balls. Thank you. When you have your two paper balls ready, hold them up high in the air so I can see. Hold up your paper balls in the air so I can see them. All right. We're almost there. Okay. So here's our experiment. The first thing I want you to do is take one ball of paper, and your goal is to get it in this basket right here. Go. Okay, good job, good job. We've got a lot, of, a lot of balls in that basket. Woo! All right, part two. Are you ready? You cannot move your body. And now I want you to take your second ball, and I want you to get it in this basket right here. Go. Watch out, front row. Woo. It's pretty far. Oh, that was close, Cooper. Oh, very close. Anybody else have a paper ball left? Oh, so close, Lucy. We don't have any paper balls out here. All right, pause, freeze, sit. All right, so which one was easier? This one was way easier, wasn't it? There was a lot of paper balls in this one, but there were no paper balls in that one. That's surprising. We're, we got some work to do. So this paper right here is our love, okay? So here's my love. And this basket up here are our friends and our families and our neighbors. It's really easy to love our friends and our family and our neighbors, isn't it? Sometimes 
we do things that maybe upset each other, but we still love each other, right? It's really easy. But guess what that basket back there represents? Our enemies. So hard to love our enemies. What's an enemy, Ada? Okay, an enemy is somebody we don't get along with. Somebody who's maybe hurt us or said something mean to us. And is it easy to love your enemies? No, but who can tell me what the Bible says about loving our enemies? Anybody have a guess? The Bible says exactly that, to love your enemies. Love your enemies. If somebody says something mean to you, say something nice to them. If somebody hurts you, tell them that's okay. I forgive you. Why do we love our enemies? Anybody know? Why do we love our enemies? If you give people love and you give people forgiveness, then they'll give that to you. Jesus died for us, right? He didn't die just for his friends. He died for sinners. He died for people who were enemies of God. And so we want to live our lives like Jesus. And when we love our enemies, eventually, what happens when we love our enemies? They stop being enemies, and they start being our friends. Good job, Derek. So when we love our enemies, they get closer and closer to us, and they eventually become our friends. So let's say our prayer, and then I'll let you guys go on a little paper scavenger hunt to pick them all up. Ready? Dear God, please help us to love everyone, our friends, our family, and especially our enemies, just like you taught us. Amen. Get as many of those as you can and throw them in my basket. Our second scripture reading from the Common Singing Bible is from the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. You can follow along in your Bible on page 786 or on the screen. And this section is about behaving as God's children. But I say to you who are willing to hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks and don't demand your things back from those who take them. Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even sinner love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you be commended? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, why should you be commended? Even sinners lend sinners expecting to be paid back in full. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. If you do, you will have a great reward. You will be acting the way children of the Most High act, and for he is kind to ungrateful and wicked people. Be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. 
Give, and it will be given to you. A good portion, packed down, firmly shaken, and overflowing, will fall into your lap. The portion you give will determine the portion you receive in return. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we are continuing our study of a book by United Methodist Pastor Reverend Tom Berlin entitled Reckless Love. The words of Jesus that we have encountered thus far in this study have been a reminder to us of the very high calling that God has placed upon us as people and as a church seeking to live as the body of Christ in this world. But today's words... These words spoken by Jesus and Luke's gospel, they hit a little bit differently, don't they? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Really? I mean, that's got to be hyperbole, right? Jesus just trying to make a point. He doesn't really want us to love our enemies because that would be reckless. If I'm honest, I can relate a lot more to a man who on his 100th birthday was being interviewed by a reporter. And she asked, what are you most proud of in your lifetime? The man said, well, I guess... I'm proud to say that I don't have an enemy in this world. Wow. What a beautiful thought. How inspirational, said the reporter. Yep, added the man. I outlived every last one of them. Like this passage of scripture, it would be a whole lot easier to just ignore our enemies than to take seriously these words of Christ in the Gospel of Luke. But what if Jesus was serious? What if Jesus really meant it? What if he really means it still now? Two weeks ago, we started with the great commandment, or the golden rule, as we also know it. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Challenging, but as the kids showed, not impossible. Good neighbors are easy to love, and bad neighbors, well, we can just pretend like they don't exist. But these words, these words known as Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, These words shift the ground under our feet. They turn our world on its head. As Reverend Greiser put it, these words make us uncomfortable. They challenge the distinctions we make, appending our assumptions, our attitudes, breaking down the lines that we draw between us and them, between those who belong to our group those who deserve our love and compassion, and those on the other side, our enemies. I'm convinced Jesus was not speaking in generalities. He was not calling us to just grit our teeth and try to be a little bit nicer. This was and is a call meant to unsettle us, to disrupt our very being. He was calling us to live in a way that is contrary to our human nature. Because the world tells us if someone hurts you, well, you deserve to hurt them back. Or at least pray for God to take some revenge on them. And I'm afraid that too often we as Christians, we've bought into the world's desire for vengeance, but we try to disguise it. We call it righteous anger. 
I heard a pastor recently who said Christians today seem to always be mad. Mad at movies and the media, mad at immigrants and homosexuals, mad at books and activists, mad at the whole world. And now the world views Christianity as more of an angry political movement than a spiritual call devoted to handing out hope and healing to a hurting world. Ouch. But that's why these words matter. That's why we need to hear the words of Christ. You see, Jesus' words, they give us a vision for what it looks like to live in and as the kingdom of God. We say in that prayer every week, on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying to us all, that our desire for self-preservation, our constant struggle to gain the upper hand, that is not how things work in God's kingdom. God's kingdom turns our world upside down. It reverses everything we think we know and we expect. And you know what? It sounds so absurd so reckless, so diametrically opposed to our instinct that there can only be one explanation. It has to be from God. It is not of our own power, but only from the power of God, because the fact of the matter is Jesus' call is so contrary to our human nature that the only way for us to truly live it out is by completely reorienting our lives toward the will of God. As Reverend Berlin writes, this call to constant love means that we are going to need Jesus. We are going to need Jesus not just to set the standard for us, but to be at work in our lives. We're going to need to ask Jesus to help us see the world and its people as he sees them, to love them as he loves them. Dependence on Christ is exactly what God had in mind when Jesus spoke these words. Reverend Berlin goes on to say, for it's only when we learn to yield and to ask Christ to exercise lordship over our lives that we will be able to love our enemies and bless those who curse us. But how? How do we move from passively loving our neighbors to actively loving our enemies? This is where Reverend Berlin introduces the term lavish love. Lavish, used in this way, is actually a verb, and it means to bestow an extravagance. When we lavish love, we offer it freely and generously the same way that God's love has been offered to us. When we offer lavish love, we are offering love in abundance. No longer is love a unit to be exchanged from one person to another. Because lavish love grows our capacity to love to the extent there is no room for anything else. There is no longer room for anger or content or hate to exist in our lives. As many of you might remember, in 2015, a white supremacist opened fire on members of Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. He killed nine people that day. And as this young man stood trial, relatives of those nine people who were murdered were given the opportunity to address him one at a time. Of course, their words were often mixed with grief and anger but there was one woman there that day 
Bethany Middleton Brown. Her sister had been shot and killed, and she said these words to this young man. I acknowledge that I am very angry. I am a work in progress. But we have no room for hating, so we have to forgive. We have no room for hating, so we have to forgive. That is the lavish love of God. So filling that we no longer have room for anything else. And soon we discover that the more we forgive others, the more God's love can fill our own hurts and resentments. I want to pause for a moment, though. And I want to say that lavish love and boundaries can and should coexist. Boundaries are important to keep someone from hurting us again. And added to lavish love, they allow us to forgive from a distance so that we no longer hold on to that anger or contempt for that one who wounded us. Jesus' words of lavish love poured out on us for us to pour out on others, they are not just a dreamer's verse, as Berlin puts it. This is a description of what it means to follow Christ, to love your enemies, to do good to those who hate you, to bless those who curse you, to pray for those who mistreat you is to look into the faces of those around you and to see them as God sees them. It's to live a life marked by God's forgiveness and mercy. It's to be filled to overflowing with God's grace. It's to experience the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, and it is to love others as God has so lavishly, recklessly, and firstly loved you. Let us pray. Mighty God, immerse us in your mercy that we might be merciful. Submerge us in your love, Lord, that we might be loving. Bathe us in your compassion, that we might be compassionate. For mercy, love, and grace are the light of your kingdom, shining forth in our world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
and Scott. At this time, we pause in this moment to reflect upon, to recall the gifts that God has poured out on us, the blessings, the graces, the glimpse of God's presence among us. And we offer back to God just a portion of those gifts for the building of God's kingdom here and now in this world. I invite us all to stand together and join in singing our doxology, number 95, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow. into this time of prayer. May we come with open hearts, ready to experience God's presence. May we come with listening ears, ready to hear God's voice speak. Will you please join me in an attitude of prayer? Everlasting God, in the beauty of your holiness, we have gathered today to worship you, to praise you for your goodness and mercy, to thank you for the ways that here especially we can be aware and know your holy presence. We've gathered with our brothers and sisters in Christ because we find joy, love, and peace among your people. And while not one of us is worthy of your grace, you have come to us. You have come to show us the human face of your love in Jesus Christ. He revealed you to us and points us toward your will. Yet, Lord, our brokenness and selfishness pull us away from you. Forgive us. God, when our hearts grow cold and dark, may our spirits be revived by the warmth of your love. When we have failed to love you with our whole heart and soul, forgive us, O oh God. When we have denied forgiveness and grace to others, forgive us. Forgive us and pour out your mercy over us. Soften our hearts and open us to the leading of your spirit, Father. And remind us, time and time again, that for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your love toward all your creation. Hear our prayer now, O Lord as we lift our brothers and sisters in Christ. We lift up Molly and her mother Judy as they both continue to battle cancer. Lord, we thank you for the daily reminders of your presence. 
for the glimpses of grace that you offer them and their families. But no matter what tomorrow holds, Lord, we pray that your spirit will strengthen them. Give them peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Nancy and Ron Fleming as Nancy continues to deal with the effects of kidney disease. We pray that your hand of care will rest upon her. Lord, that you will give them both strength and courage for each day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Kay Rex as she's recovering at the Mennonite home. Lord, we pray that your spirit will be at work in Kay, bringing healing to her mind and her body. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Susie Clausen's husband, Gary, who's being treated at OSU for an infection behind his eye. We pray for your healing hand to be upon him. God, we ask that you'll give Susie strength as she cares for him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Mighty God, we also pray today for our denomination and our church. We pray that we will seek always to follow your will. We pray for discerning spirits and open hearts. We pray that your grace will always be on our minds and on our lips. We trust in your guidance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, we also lift up to you those requests that lie on our hearts. Lord, for those who are struggling with taking the next step, for those who are seeking answers, for those who are simply searching for your presence in their lives. Lord, whatever it is that lies upon our hearts, may we know that you hear us. May we trust that you know the cries of our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Today, O oh God, we remember that you have called us to love our enemies. So we pause. We lift up to you those who have opposed us or harmed us. May we forgive them as you have forgiven us. Those who have betrayed our trust or sinned against us, may we forgive them as you have forgiven us. Teach us, Father, to speak and act with mercy and compassion, not because of what others have done, but because of what you have done. Thank you, God, for hearing our prayers. And as we prepare to step again out into the world, teach us. Teach us to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us, to pray for those who persecute us, to give to those in need. For it is in loving others as you have loved us that we truly begin to live as disciples of Jesus Christ. All these things. We pray in the name of your Son, our Savior, who taught us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as children of God, forgiven and reconciled to our Creator, may we stand and sing together our closing hymn, number 399, Take My Life and Let It Be.
words of benediction this morning come from a closing prayer in the Jewish Shabbat service, a prayer called the Hashivenu, which means, Lord, protect us. So hear these words. Let there be love and understanding among us. Let peace and friendship be our shelter from life's storms. Adonai, help us to walk with good companions, to live with hope in our hearts and eternity in our thoughts, that we may lie down and rise up waiting to do your will. Amen. <laughs>